Welcome to the AHC podcast. Join us in conversation with experts, thought leaders and colourful characters in the hairdressing industry and beyond. We'll be discussing stories and ideas to inspire, educate and entertain you and most importantly, to help grow your business. If you'd like to listen to more AHC podcasts, you can find them on Spotify or Apple under the Australian Hairdressing Council. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello, friends. This is Jenny Burns from the AHC. And today I'm very excited to welcome our special guest, Selena Tomasic from HairAid, the founder of HairAid. Um, now, for all of you who don't know what HairAid is, Selena will chat to you about that. And it, basically, it's a, a wonderful charitable organisation that uh, takes hairdressers from Australia to impoverished countries overseas um, and helps make a really big difference in um, these people's lives who really don't have very much, but teaching them how to do basic haircutting skills so that they can make a living for their family and their community. But I'll let the expert talk about that. Um, and we're also going to be talking about Global Cutathon. So welcome, Selena. How are you today? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate getting this space on such an important platform. So thank you. Oh, no problem. No problem at all. So um, maybe for those, you know, those who've been living under a rock for 10 years who don't know what um, Hair Aid is all about, can you give us a little bit of a rundown on what the, uh, you know, the charity is about, what the concept is, how how hairdressers can get involved, and then maybe also talk about, um, you know, working locally on the ground. For some people, you know, doing a trip overseas isn't always possible, but there's other ways that they can contribute, um, you know, in their local communities. Absolutely. So I love sharing what Hair Aid is because, as you said, not, not everyone's heard of us and there's been some significant changes in the industry. People have come into it, people have left. So it's always lovely to be able to share what we do. So we are an Australian-based registered charity and we do fundamentally two things. The first one is, as you mentioned, is our international projects. And that's where we take volunteer hairdressers and manicurists and beauticians um, to countries such as Cambodia, Thailand, Indonesia, the Philippines, and excitingly this year, Guatemala. And we work with people that are living in critical poverty. We're working with people that have been imprisoned because they've been part of a prostitution gang or they've been selling drugs to keep themselves and their children alive or people that live in the slums, people that have absolutely no opportunity of being able to attain any sort of employment, we teach them basic haircutting skills. Now we have a five day program that we deliver and we can take people from zero skill to being able to cut five very simple basic haircuts so that they can create a micro business and change their lives, change their lives from a life of poverty to being able to create a micro business in their own community where they can earn honest money that is not going to get them imprisoned or thrown around by the government. And it changes their lives. We've, we've been doing the international projects for, we are coming up to 10 years for the hair, for the hair cutting projects next year um, and working in four countries to date, as I said, Guatemala in the future. We've trained more than 5,600 people where 63% of them, nearly 65% of the people are now creating their own micro businesses 
earning money, bartering for food, exchanging their skills, um, changing their lives. So that's where we started really is um, with those projects. But that's the other amazing. thing. Yeah. Oh, nice. I'm so excited about the statistics around that. It's a really sustainable thing. And as I said, we work in the slums. We work in, we've been working in women's jails for a very long time and we've only just got signed off last September to be able to enter the jails, both in the Philippines for men, um, which we did in January this year, and also the male jail in Bali now. So we have, we're heading there in May. Um, it'll be our first time entering the male prison. Um, and we're teaching and we're one of the only outside organisations that has been given a formal partnership with the Indonesian government and an official MOU to go in and teach men inside the jails in Bali barbering skills. So super excited um, to expand our projects to that level. Um, so that's what we do overseas. And I could chat about that for days because I love what we do and I love the partnerships that we create and the outcomes that's achieved. Yes, but I imagine other- um, the outcomes, apart from, um, you know, obviously the, the wonderful skills that you're teaching these poor people, um, you know, it must be great, A, to go back and revisit and see how they've grown, but B, it must be quite a life-changing experience for the participants, like for the hairdressers who are actually going over, you know, to work on these programs. It's life-changing. It it, get, it lets you see two fundamental things, I think. Firstly, how these developing countries, how critical the poverty can be. And since COVID, and I've been back overseas since COVID, the poverty has increased. In um, people's small livelihoods have, you know, been desecrated. And now they being able to survive is, you know, it's beyond so many people's means nowadays. But the other fundamental thing is that you can see how the skill of teaching basic haircuts can change someone's life so powerfully. Now, I'm not just talking about, we can talk about the people that learn and they go back to their community. They don't have to start a salon like we do in in developed countries. They just need a chair. They just need a log. They need a stone to sit on and we give them the skills plus the free toolkit and they can start cutting hair, earning money, buying food, exchanging, bartering their skills. It is a powerful skill that is so easily moved around they don't have to be in one location they can move around that they can earn money from being able to change someone's life from monday morning till friday afternoon and you see it in their eyes and you see the hope grow and you see the empowerment that's provided it's it changes the stylist's life as well. They have a different perspective of the skill that they own and have shared. It's powerful. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Wow. Yeah. Goodness me. And so with the with the men's, um, the new inroads that you're making into the men's prison, so does that does that mean that you can only have male um, stylists who go into that, you know, for religious purposes and different things, or can females work on those programs as well? There's lots of different aspects um, in regards to that, and it really depends on the government of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, in the men's prison, we are desperately seeking male stylists and barbers to come along with us um, and enter that space because they're more comfortable 
they would prefer males in yeah. there. Now, I'm one of the very few females that have ever even been allowed inside the men's barley jail. And I was, we were welcomed in with the, um, by the director of prisons. And that's only because they saw the work that we've created in the women's prison. And so we had that hierarchical referral so, and that um, credible introduction. That's why I was able to go in there. So we are actually going to be short of male barbers. So one of the things that I am dedicated to in 2023 is to increase the number of males that will, um, you know, join our international projects so we can go in. But we we are sending some females into the male prison um, this May because I have to. Um, and they'll be going in with, um, many of you know this, but some of you won't, uh, they'll, they'll be going in escorted by my husband who is uh, just retired from the Queensland Police Service after 37 years. Um, and he, we have a connection and a partnership um, with the international government there. So they'll be going in with, and, and we've got our own male security, plus we're in there with the prison directors and the guards and everything. So it's still very safe. I'm trying not to make sure anyone feels a bit scared about it. But it's an incredible opportunity. Um, you know, we've, we we set, I had a meeting with the director of the jails when I was over there in September, and I said to him, how many, you know, how many can we do in our first training session? And he's like, I asked through the prison yesterday, there's only 372 that have signed up so far in two days. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> can we... Can we start with 100? Um, <laughs> Is that all? 372? <laughs> Goodness me. Yeah. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Oh, well, lots of enthusiasm there. That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, mm. we just we went into the um, Manila Jail, the Men's Manila Jail in January, and it was a first time for us there. Now, if you want to go to Netflix, you can find look for a series called World's Most Dangerous Prisons, and the Manila Mail Jail where we went to has been featured. It is one of the most overcrowded jails. There is a, a gang mentality inside it, but I've never felt unsafe whatsoever we have we work with the director we work with the government we have guards that walk us in and then we walk into this room and there's we train 38 men there um there, there's 38 beaming faces so excited for the opportunity of changing their lives you do not feel like you're in a prison as such i mean you do you got to get the stamp you got to hand over your id you get your own prison stamp every day um and then you get a release stamp in the afternoon um some of which our volunteers have taken that stamp and um, had it physically tattooed onto their body for fun. Um, but you don't feel unsafe because you're there to do a job and the people that are there are so dedicated to what they want to achieve. There's no sense of um, insecurity. It's amazing. And we, uh, we you know, we walk, worked with the governments and we've said to them, we don't want to train anybody who's being released in a year's time? Can we train those that are being released in six months' time? Because then they get six months of practice inside the prison. And then when they go and they've got their toolkit and their skills, they are ready to go. They can cut hair like amazing. And they don't have to go back to the life that they led before. They've got another opportunity. They've got that pathway out of poverty. Mm, incredible. Oh, yeah. I could talk about this all day, but let's talk oh, about cool. something else that's coming up very soon, um, which is the Global Cutathon. So tell us all about that. Right. So Hair Aid, we are a charity and we don't rely on government grants and we have very minimal um, corporate sponsorship. So we rely on our yearly fundraiser, which is the Global Cutathon. And that's where we ask stylists from all around the world to sign up to cut one haircut 
and donate the price of that haircut back to Hair Aid. Now, we are a charity, so you get a tax deduction receipt. Um, and we just ask you to do that. That's our one, one thing that we um, request of people from around the world. And to make it a sweet deal, we started doing this last year because um, the Global Cutathon salons used to um, bring big groups of people together and they would cut hair for three or four hours and they'd donate whatever they raised to hair aid, which we were so thankful for. But then that lovely little friend called COVID came along and everybody had to do a bit of a pivot. And we thought, you know what? Obviously, we're not going to ask people to bring groups of people together when we're all social distancing. That would be irresponsible. But so many hairstylists said, I still want to do it. I still want to do it. And I said, how about you just cut one haircut? And what that allowed us to do was review what we were doing anyway. And by asking you to do just one haircut, it's not onerous. It's not It's not a hard gig to do. You can cut someone's hair and if your haircuts are $15, donate that. We've got stylists in America that cut hair and they donate $200 because that's the price of their haircut. It do, it's not about the price of the haircut. It's being about being able to be involved at whatever level you can be. And we are thankful that, you know, people, uh, you know, get involved and do that. And we wanted to do a little bit of a give back. So last year, what we did is we offered a prize. So everyone that participates in the global cutathon by signing up, by cutting a haircut, by donating those funds, goes in the draw to win a prize. And the prize is coming on an international project with us. So this year, if you participate, um, you go in to win a spot on the um, international project going to Indonesia in September. And it's the project costs plus your flights. So it's valued at like three and a half thousand dollars. And everybody has an opportunity to win that. We took our first winner last year um, with us uh, and to the Philippines, Cynthia Puxley, and life-changing for her, absolutely life-changing. Um, and we want, you know, we want to do it again this year. Be involved with our Global Cutathon. It helps us pay our insurances, um, which is our biggest expense, really. Um, pay our insurances, pay our webpage, pay our accountants, pay our auditors, all those things that a charity needs. Um and then, you know, we can, you know, give back now and by offering an opportunity to win a spot on one of our projects. That sounds wonderful. And how easy is that? I mean, goodness, everybody could get involved. One haircut, simple as, right? One haircut. How do, how do they, how do they um, obviously we'll put all the details in the caption, but how do they um, get involved? Do they just head to your website and register or what, how do they do it? Yeah, so let's head over to the web page. We've got a we've got a uh, separate global cutathon sign up link. Once you sign up, um, we've got personalized social media tiles that will come back to you with your name on it that you can part, you know share on your socials that you're participating because we want you to get back out of this as well. We want you know corporate global responsibility shown that you know stylists are being you know active and giving back um we'll send you the social media tiles so you can share what you're doing participate on the day donate the funds and then about a week later when everyone's got all their funds in and everything we do the prize draw and then um, get to share who's going to come on the project with us how exciting and can they do more than one haircut can they offer their you know services for half a day in the salon or a full day and donate that 
Yes, they can. So we do have some, we have like a, a salon in Vegas that just loves the Hair Aid Global Cutathon and they do a whole day thing. So for every haircut that they do, they get one ticket into the Global Cutathon. So some of them actually do like 14 haircuts in a day. Oh, um, wow. So they get 14, um, 14 opportunities in it. But for every haircut, you get a one opportunity um, to go in um, the drawer. Fantastic. Oh, it sounds wonderful. Well, we'll have all the details on the caption to this podcast um, and really encourage everybody to get involved because, um, you know, sometimes we think we, you know, we look at some problems like poverty and the lives that these poor people leave and think, gosh, it's overwhelming. You think, what can I do? And this is a really simple way that our industry can get behind it and really make a difference. So thank you, Selena, for joining us today. Um, yes. Best of luck with the Global Cutathon. And um, yeah, we'll be interested at the AHC to help support the plan, uh, project and, um, and see who the winner is and, and see how they go on their trip. It'll be very, very exciting. Yeah, I can't wait. And I can't wait. And thank you once again for letting me share it through your platform. Um, I love, I love everything that you guys do. And I know that so many people have said this during pre, during, and post COVID, but you guys did an outstanding job for the industry, making sure everyone was connected. And um, just from my perspective, I want to thank you publicly for that as well. Oh, you're welcome. No, it's um it's it's what we're here for. So yes, anyway, thank you for your time again and we'll um catch up with you soon. Sounds fantastic. Thank you so much.